Hey, welcome to the Black Knight Nation podcast. I'm your host, Sal Interdonado. The Black Knight Nation podcast is brought to you by Higher Echelon. Higher Echelon is a company run by Joe Ross, who's a former Army fullback, former Army assistant coach, former and a guest on the Black Knight Nation podcast. If you're watching right now on YouTube, if you can uh, go on to our YouTube, uh, Black Knight Nation YouTube channel, you'll find an interview with Clay Daniels that we had on Sunday. A former Army defensive back, uh, freshman year was 1996, a 2000 grad, uh, a, a, two, a, a 20, a, a 2000 grad. And uh, what a great podcast with Clay. We really appreciate Clay coming on and sharing his thoughts on the Army Football Brotherhood and his time at Army. Um, so uh, check that out tomorrow. Um, we are, looks like we're going to get Rolly Stitchway um, tomorrow on our podcast. So that'll be another great guest uh, to have on for it. Seth. Seth Mendelson here for Black Knight of uh, Black Knight Nation with me tonight. Um, man, it's late night podcasting, but hey, we're up and we're going to talk some Army football, right, Seth? And uh, this is a, this is the week. I got to tell yeah, you, this is the week to talk. Riley Stitchway is a uh, an Army football legend, and it's uh, a coup for you, for us to get him in to speak. Uh, I know he has a lot to say. I know he will have a lot to say about the about West Point, both when he played and uh, the history of the uh, of the academy, at least the football team uh, from the '60s until today. And I know he has a lot to say, and he has remained committed to the academy and to the football team throughout. So uh, that's going to be very exciting tomorrow. I'm looking forward to it, you know, and uh, just a guy who we wanted to get on for a very long time. I happened to connect with him uh, via email and looks like we're going to we're going to do that tomorrow. So um, uh, yesterday I was uh, on. Uh, first off, I want to talk about the line in this game. Right. I haven't checked it today at all uh, this evening, but at, last time I checked it, Army was a two and a half point underdog. And um, they opened up as a four and a half point favorite. So the Lions moved seven points in this game since it opened up, what, two weeks ago. You know, the Sunday after the UMass game, you get the first line on this game. And now it's getting closer to kickoff on Saturday, three o'clock at Lincoln Financial Field. And Army is a two and a half uh, point underdog in this game. So uh, pretty interesting there. We talked about the line when it first came out, Seth, right? And I thought that this would be a, probably get a pick 'em game, or maybe Navy be, would be favored by kickoff, and that's what's happening right now. Right. Well, I mean, I think they're a little bit burned from last year. Uh, Army was a favorite going into the game last year, and of course, Navy won. Um, and um, you know, you, if you look at the scheduling uh, and you, you look at the team's performance, uh, you know, the record is very similar. Of course, you know, four and seven, and uh, and of uh, the four and four and seven and five and six. Is that right? Do I have that right? Yes. Um, yeah, that's and, correct. And Navy, and Navy plays, uh, you know, in a conference. Hey, they beat Central Florida. I spent yesterday interviewing a guy from Central Florida on another type of story. And somehow we started talking about Army and Navy. I guess I told him I was going down to the game to cover it. And he goes, boy, they took us apart. You know, they beat us. And uh, they were a good team. They were ranked at that point. They beat them at Central Florida. We don't know what kind of team we're going to get from Navy uh, on Saturday. And, um uh, and you know, Coach Ken comes into like just like Army wants to win this game, and it's it's everything to West Point. Uh, it's everything to the folks down at Annapolis. They uh, they're not going to a bowl game either. Um, uh, neither team beat Air Force this year, so this is it. This, this is the game. Um, national TV audience, prime time, three o'clock in the Saturday afternoon. No other college football game on, at least a Division One college football FBS football game on, as far as I know. Um, this is the game. This is Army Navy. 
Yeah, I think I think there's one more game on. There's Holy Cross and South Dakota State going on at noon. Yeah, so. that's, that's FCS. So uh, yeah, that's the, that, they're yeah. in that tournament. They're in their um, I, I guess 24 teams make the FCS tournament now. Um, so that's pretty interesting. Um, wow. But as far as FBS, you know, hey, what do you what do you think the over under is on the Army Navy game? The over under on the Army Navy game? Yeah. What do you think it is? I'm going to guess. Um, I have not looked. I'm going to say it's obviously very low. Um, I'm going to say the over under is. I'm going to go real low. Twenty eight. Close. It's thirty two. It's thirty two. So that's, what? Last year uh, was seventeen fourteen Navy, seventeen thirteen Navy. Um. So I mean, there was under under. It was the under that you really got the under last year. So um, yeah, I was on um, I had a chance to interview yesterday uh, Tyre Tyler and uh, offensive coordinator Brent Davis yesterday via Zoom. Talked to them about the 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 game on um on like the game for Army on offense and how you know I mean coach. Coach Davis wasn't telling me the exact plays they were going to run on Saturday, but he was going to tell me how he gets to them, you know, and how you have to be a little bit, you have to be a little bit different, but you can't get totally out of your comfort zone when, when you're um, game planning for this game. And I did uh, also take a look at, um, listen to uh, Brian Newberry's um, media session uh, from yesterday. I believe he's the Navy defensive coordinator. And he said that he gets a little, uh, anxious in this game they, they've had three weeks to prepare for this game right navy so i mean it, sometimes you kind of he says you kind of can second guess yourself um with what you're doing because you just have a lot of time to prepare but brian newberry's done an excellent job against army's offense in the time he's been defensive coordinator with navy this is his third uh, this is his fourth army navy game and he's done an excellent job slowing down army's um offense i want to look this up seth i just didn't have the time today the team who usually rushes for the most yards is likely going to win this game, right? Most of the time, I would think. And I want to see how true that was, um, you know, stat-wise. And um, didn't get a chance to do that. But I'm going to have that for the story I'm working on, on the game planning for um, for Army. What I did do is I did look up. So Army and Army wins this year, right? They've rushed for over 400 yards in their five wins. Granted, the competition in their wins, it, you know, the best team that they beat all year is uh, U- UConn, right, Seth, you would say? I would say UConn definitely is the best team. Yeah, we're going to a bowl game, the best team. You know, we lost to a bunch of teams going to a bowl game, but uh, UConn is a team that we uh, we beat. So, yeah, they're going to yeah. be in a bowl game, and that was the team we played. Uh, yeah, so, so in their, yeah, lo- I'm, I'm in their gonna... losses. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say that, you know, I'm going to agree with Munkin. I um, I think both teams are going to rush for a decent amount of yards. I don't think it's going to be 400, but I think we're going to see 200 yards per team. But I think it's going to come down to who loses the ball more often or, you know, who who, who uh, misses the golden opportunity to score, uh, whatever that might be, be a field goal or touchdown um, uh, throughout the game. Um, you know, I, I, I think this game is so tightly fought, and uh, I'm not sure if, it's going to be close or not. I'll give you my, uh, I'll give you my call later on, but um, I, I, I think it comes down to these, you know, lost fumbles or, you know, the few interceptions that might be had. Um, nobody, nobody likes to throw the ball here. I think Navy throws more than we do a little bit. 
Um, uh, but um, that's that's the way I think. I think they're both going to rush for 200 to 300 yards uh, because that's what they do. Um, and um, uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see some passing by both teams because they have to break it up a little bit, um, uh, a little bit more by Navy than us. But, um, yeah, I think it's going to come down to fumbles. <clears throat> well, I, what I was getting to, too, is in the in Army's losses this year. So they've rushed for over 400 yards in their wins, and they've rushed for 200 yards in the losses. And now one of those games is Air Force where they only had 78 yards rushing. So that factors in in those six losses. But, um, yeah, I thought that was a pretty interest, interesting uh, stat to look at. Um, I was on um, – this morning I recorded a, um interview – with um yards and stripes it's a podcast that covers uh service academy football with uh price atkinson and that should be up probably tomorrow i'm guessing uh my interview uh that i did with them and uh, they asked me about you know so what trick plays you know what does brent davis have up his sleeve against you know navy you know usually they they, they give navy a little bit different look um in these games. And I'm like, my answer was, I wish I was in, I wish I was in the, the, the coaches rooms and, 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 in the meeting rooms for that. Right. Because you just don't know. I think that I basically said that I think you're going to see a steady diet tire Tyler in this game, but what happens if that doesn't work, where they're going to, where are they going to go there? They're going to go to the fullback. Now, Brent Davis did say in our interview, that's up on YouTube. If you want to check out our YouTube channel, the Brent, the Brent Davis interview is up on our YouTube channel. I asked him about Tyson Riley, right? Because Tyson Riley played slot back for most of the game against UMass. I think he had one play at fullback. He might have lined up at one play. I was like, so could we see Riley and Buchanan in the same backfield? Are we going to see, you know, Riley play slot and fullback in this game? What's it going to look like? Um, he didn't really tip his cap too, too much, but he did say that the thought at the beginning of the season was for Riley to kind of, try to play both this season, but he got a little banged up and he hasn't practiced a lot. He told me that Riley had three practices at slot back before the UMass game three that week. And he played all but one of his snaps, I believe at slot back, you know, and it, the thing with that is Seth, if you play Tyson Riley at slot back for most of this Navy game, he only had, I think one carry against UMass. Maybe that was by design. Maybe it was, hey, let's just get him comfortable playing the position and get him some reps and stuff. But why do you think if they're going to play Tyson Riley at slot back, what is your thinking there against Navy? I, I have my thoughts, but do you have any thoughts about playing Tyson Riley at, at, at slot back in this game? You know, I, I just hope they do something different than uh, than we've seen over the last six games, the last six games or so. Um, you know, they can play uh, Riley as slot back. They can play him. You know, they can play anybody anywhere. I just want to see something different. What I don't want to see, you mentioned before, is, you know, our quarterbacks going up the middle because Navy is going to be prepared for that. Uh, this is what we've done over the, over the last, uh, you know, the, this season, every game, the other 11 games, with a couple of exceptions. You know, we tried it a little bit different with UMass, but UMass was a bad team. Um, you know, we, 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 I hope they try some new stuff. I hope they try some different stuff that they've been practicing. I, and I also hope they don't get too crazy because we, um, you know, we've had some some bad breaks with, you know, you know, the fake punts and the uh, and the end arounds and the, you know, the, the halfback option pass. I think we had one or two of those tries 
um, they're, they're not working. So let's not get too crazy, but let's have an offense that spreads their defense around, and then hopefully we can accomplish a lot. You know, if we if we spread their defense out, then we can go up the middle. If we uh, if we bring them in, then we can go on outside. That's the key to the game. Um, you know, this is really a game of the coaches, coaching staff as much as is uh, the execution of the players. And um, I am hopeful that we're going to see a well-coached Army team uh, with um, some some trick plays that don't go too crazy going in. If you're going to put Riley at, at, at slot back, yeah, good. That's good. What are we going to do there? What are we going to do with it? Is that going to open up more holes? Uh, if we, he's going outside with some pitches or whoever it is, uh, is that going to open up some more holes inside? It, it remains to be seen. And let's I, have, be I have a thought. Go ahead. I do have a thought here. So you have a Tyson Riley, right? You have a 260-pound slot back. 260-pound slot back back so what are you going to do with that 260 pound slot back have you seen plays where sometimes they'll put the slot back in motion send them through the gut and have a follow by the fullback or the quarterback i think you might i think you might see that i think you might see tyson riley leading from a motion position maybe possibly who knows i mean you think that so then what happens with the fullback right What, what what do you do with the fullback do you send you can't send two guys into the gut of the Navy defense simultaneously. Simultaneously, you know, you can't do that. But I think that you might see a, a couple of plays where Tyson Riley's a lead blocker, and maybe you'll see, maybe you you will see him on a pitch play, and maybe you'll you'll have to have maybe you you, you know what I think that has been underrated this year, and I saw a video. I think the guy's name is Cole. Kubelik, I I might have the pronunciation wrong, but he's a, he's a football analyst, I believe, maybe even a TV guy, and he had a video of Josh Lingenfelter's blocking, right? And I think that when Army's running all these plays up the middle, right, and when Army's running these pitch plays, can you run off tackle and can you run behind Lingenfelter? Because Lingenfelter is a pretty good blocker, Seth. He's a, he's a above average blocker. And for Army, he's an elite blocker. For for their system, he is a he's probably one of the best blocking tight ends that they've had, right? So can you run plays behind him in the offense? Maybe you could do something like that where it's not necessarily running up the gut. Maybe my my idea of Tyson Riley lead blocking through the through the center is off. I haven't seen any, I haven't seen any practices of them in the last two weeks. You know, work busy with work. Haven't had a chance to go up to practice. Wish I could have, but um, maybe that's an idea. Maybe get maybe get behind Lingenfelter and trying to get a couple of yards in this game, Seth. Right? You got to move the chains, right? And you can move the chains on four downs a lot. That doesn't mean going forward on fourth down in your own territory a lot, but that means Hey, three yards, get, get, get three yards, get a third and short and see what you can do there. And if it's a fourth and short, you, you be, if you want to be a little creative and not run Buchanan all the time on fourth down, maybe you run Tyler, maybe you run Riley, you know, what it is. And, um, I'm, I'm babbling on here. I'm sorry. I'm, that's what we do in late night podcasts and Seth, you know, that's what we do. Um, good news on the, uh, injury front for army this week week from what I've what we've heard um, both coach Munkin and coach Davis said that Ajah Marshall's back practicing 
So it looks like he'll be ready to go for Army Navy. And that's good news for them because that gives them another, you know, game breaking guy who's shown that he can bust off some runs, who can have big catches in the passing game. You know, Tyrell Robinson, you know, we we know he had um uh here Bay Bay Knight right now is asking uh how healthy are the Army slotbacks? And we're getting to it right now. Uh Bay, um so looks like uh Ijon Marshall's gonna play. And so they'll have Aishon Marshall, they have Brahim Murphy, they'll have Maurice Ballon, and they'll have Tyson Riley uh, if you need him at slot two. I think those are the guys that will be in the rotation. I wouldn't be surprised if Aishon Marshall and Tyson Riley start at slot and Buchanan starts at fullback. That wouldn't be surprising. And um, I talked to Brent Davis a little bit about also maybe getting Hayden Reed and Markel Johnson some looks in this game. Right, Seth, you want to keep the fullbacks fresh in this game. If you're going to do a lot of running with them, which they didn't do last year with the fullbacks. They didn't run the fullbacks a lot last year. If you're going to shift to like running the fullbacks a lot, um, get get keep them fresh, right? Give Mark Markel Johnson and um, Hayden Reed a taste in this Army Navy game. They've shown that they can move the football forward. You know, they showed that they can get some yards after contact. And, and, and maybe, um, maybe we'll line up with more than one receiver in a in a. Uh... In a in a uh, in a, in a uh, position to go out for a pass, um, I'd like to see us have more than you know one guy going out for a pass. If if we're going to pass it, I mean, I know we rely on a little bit of the fake stuff to get the guys open, and that has worked uh, a couple of times. But you know, we got to try. Navy knows exactly how we play, just like Air Force knows exactly how we play, and it didn't work for us against Air Force. They got there, they figured out our game plan in the second half, and they stopped us. Um, and that was a winnable game, and we didn't. Uh, Navy knows more than Air Force. These guys know each other. They know what we're going to come out and do, uh, or they think they know what we're going to come out to, to do. We have to go out there and, and be, uh, A, we have to be ready for what they're going to do, and B, we have to come out with some stuff that they're not prepared for. And I hope that the last two weeks, you know, after the Massachusetts game, these guys have been practicing and, and, and coming up with stuff, and Hoping for the best here. Hoping for the best. It's gonna it's gonna be a typical Army Navy game, but you know, unfortunately, Army. Every I went back and looked. Every game Army's won over Navy over the last uh, X number of years, which hasn't been that many. Um, it's always close. We win by four points, five points, three points, whatever it might be. Okay, when Navy beats us and they have a, that long winning streak, sometimes they're beating us by twenty points. You know, sometimes it's close, but sometimes it's not. Uh, so who knows what's going to happen on, on Saturday. The weather should be okay. Um, so I, I don't think that's going to hurt the, hurt either team. And um, I'm just hoping that we have some kind of plan in place and that we can maneuver just like we did against UMass. Defensively, UMass came out and scored a touchdown the first drive. And they changed some – they realized they were what they were doing. They changed around, and that was the end of UMass. I just hope defensively we're also prepared for what Navy's going to come to town with. Because these guys have been coaching for three weeks for this game, probably the whole season, but for the last three weeks for this game. And this game means as much to them, as I said before, as it does to us. Yeah, it's interesting. Not interesting, but we'll see what the, the defense has been playing well. And, um, you know, I, I said on that um, Yards and Stripes podcast, I think that in this game, and you talked about it too, just a turnover, right? A big play by the defense, a fourth down stop, a turnover, a big play on third down that forces the punt. You know, every everything, every every inch, every play matters in this game. That's 
what coaches talk about. That's what defensive coordinators and offensive coordinators talk about too. So I think that, you know, I think that Army's defense has been making those plays in the last couple games, and we'll see if they can come up big again. I mean, what? UMass game was four turnovers, right? Is that that's correct, right? The UMass game was four, four turnovers, four. and yeah. So yeah, I mean, and we'll, and we'll, also the thing you didn't mention is offensively. What about the penalties? You know, we get hit with these holding calls, and we get hit with the that low block, block uh, call, that personal foul. Uh, what's it called? That um, uh, the, the when two guys block chop one block. Low, it's, one it's chop chop. block. Yeah, chop block. Sorry. Um, so the, um, you know, we get called for those. That's a personal foul. That's 15 yards and, and say goodbye to your offensive strategy. Um, we, we got to avoid that. Uh, and we got to avoid the holding, uh, and you know, defensively, we got to make some turnovers. That's all. That's the game. That's what it's going to come down to. Uh, whoever does it, uh, you know, let's be honest. I, I imagine both teams are nervous going on the field. You know, they're playing in front of 70,000 yeah. people. It's on national it's the game that they all have been talking about for the last 12 months. Um, so, you know, hopefully they're more nervous than we are and they make more mistakes than we do. We'll see. I, I think both teams will be prepared. Um, I think both teams will be ready. Uh, I, just, I, I, I know they want to do their best. I know they're, you know they're playing in front of their family and their friends and, you know, either in person or on TV. So, you know, you're expecting the best. Sometimes the best doesn't always happen. This is, a, this is war. This is football war. And everybody's out we there have, trying to do, you know, what we have a bunch of people watching us live right now. If you're watching live and you have any questions or comments, pre, uh, please feel free to send them our way. Uh, we're, we're approaching we're past the midnight hour here on the East Coast and we're going strong here, Seth. Um, I, I was going to bring up a little bit of some a uh, little bit about the Navy offense. Um, Dabo Fofana is a guy who leads them in rushing. He has 799 yards and he has six touchdowns. He leads them in both. Uh, he's the fullback. He leads them in both rushing yards and touchdowns this year. So he's a guy that, of course, Army's going to want to keep their eye on. I was talking about um, this earlier today and even during the week about, you know, Army's defensive line, how they've been rotating guys in and out. They probably played up to 10 guys on the defensive line this year, um, and they kind of spread out the snaps. If the guys are playing 30 snaps in the game, that's probably a lot for their defensive line this year. And they have guys that have been through this, like, you know, Quabina Bonzu is a guy who has tons of experience in this game. Um, you have you have guys like Nate Smith who's also played in this game. Um, you have guys like Darius Richardson who's who's a lot of those nose tackles. They're going to be rotating those nose tackles in there, um, keeping them fresh. It's almost as important to keep those nose tackles fr fresh as the fullbacks in this game for Army, I think, Seth, because you know that's an important position. Um, holding the line, maybe taking up multiple blockers so the linebackers can make plays. And you know, inside linebacker for Army this year, right? It's been Leo Lowen. And it's been like, who, who started next to Leo Lowen this year? Um, Calvin Crummy started next to him. Peyton Hampton started next to him. Uh, Camden O'Gara started next to him. Uh, I'm, I think I'm missing one other person that maybe has started next to um, Leo Lowen this year. And so who's going to be – those those inside linebackers are important to make those tackles and cover ground too. Leo Lowen's going to cover ground on those pitch plays, on those end-arounds if they try – some end of rounds that were very successful last year against Army. Um, Army needs to stay home on those plays. You know, Army can't be fooled by those end of round plays. We'll know how much homework Army's done on this game if Navy tries one of those end of round plays and it's very successful. Those are a couple plays that really hurt them last year. Um, we'll see what happens. How that much would be can very Andre Carter? If, if, 
exactly. Hey, uh, any any uh, injuries on defense? Any major injuries? Um, well, Jabari Moore, um, he, you know, he got banged up. He only played, I think like seven or eight plays against UMass. I'm not sure what the injury was, but he was made available for interviews, um, yesterday. So normally when you, they make a player available for interviews, that means that they're going to, you know, play, usually if a player's hurt, they don't make them available for interviews. So he was on yesterday on, on zoom call. So I'm thinking he's okay. Um, Bo Nicholas Paul, I'm not sure about. Bo Nicholas Paul um, was hurt in the UConn game, I believe. And uh, I'm not sure if they're going to have Bo Nicholas Paul. But pretty much other than that, I don't know of any injuries. I haven't heard of any injuries on the defense. Um, oh, Peyton Hampton hasn't played in a while. Peyton, uh, Peyton, uh, not in a while. Peyton Hampton didn't play against um, UMass. So I'm not sure, you know, he's a guy just to, to look out for. We'll see. He seems... In pairings, I mean, he's a senior. He's waited his turn to play this year, waited his turn to start. And there's games where he's been pretty instinctive and made some pretty good plays. So we'll see if he if he's healthy and he can play. Um, yeah, why, Bay Knight saying, why not have Riley lead for Tyler or the fullback? Sounds good to me. Yeah, that's what I talked about earlier is maybe that's part of um, little wrinkle, so to speak. You know, a wrinkle that they could use is um, – Tyson Riley as a lead blocker from the slot back position, or even getting like an eyes John Marshall on the edge with Tyson Riley out there blocking too. What if you line up Josh Lingenfelter on one side with Riley, toss a play out to eyes John Marshall here. You got two big guys plus the offensive line, the block for you. Yeah. Maybe that's something that they can do. We talk about getting the slot backs, the ball a little bit more. I think last year that was their game plan. You know, that Tyrell Robinson, had, had a lot of the carries last year, and they tried to get him involved, but Navy was able to uh, kind of slow that down. So um, I don't think you're going to see Ajahn Marshall get double-digit or Slopex get double-digit carries in this game, but a, a change of pace would be nice. And uh, chunk yardage, they, Seth, they need chunk yardage in this game for the offense. You know, it's nice to grind out. It's nice right to have um, those eight-minute drives, those 15-minute play drives. and But at some point, you need, some, you need a chunk play or two in this game, right? You need a, a big passing play on play action. You need a run that's more than 20 yards. You need to change up the change up field position too. So, um, you know, we'll see. I mean, we talked a lot about um, we talked a lot about, about the offensive side. I'm looking at Army stats right now, and the um, and of course Austin has uh, he has 16 receptions. Easy, only one other wide receiver caught a pass this year. Cole uh, Catabone caught one pass, um, and uh, for seven yards. Everybody else, at least according to what yeah, I'm we talked here, about yeah. that last. We talked about that. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, we got to see other people get into it. You know, Munkin said to us last week and uh, after the UMass game how important getting those big plays are, and uh, you know, we're grinding it out. You always have the possibility of of a penalty or a fumble if you if you score quickly, big you know, big chunks of yards. Um, it, it, it makes it easier for your offense. Um, uh, I agree with you. We have to see that. We have to see some big plays. We have to see. Um, you know, uh, we, we have to take the momentum away from Navy as fast as we can. And then, like we did last year, yeah. we started the game great. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, Navy grabbed it back. And um, 
and they 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 were grinding it out, and then, and that's what that was the difference. It was a close game. We have to take the momentum away from Navy and keep Navy, you know, kind of on their heels here, and and hope that the that uh, that they're not um, that they're the team who's confused out there more than we are. Um, as I said before, it comes down to two things: execution of the players by the players and a coaching uh, uh, strategy by the, uh, the by the coaches uh, uh, that makes the uh, that creates the gives the players the opportunity to be successful. If we do that, if Munkin and his squad does that, Army's going to win this game. If not, Navy's going to win this game. It's very simple here. The talent is pretty much equal. It's pretty much equal. You know, Army's better in certain positions. Navy's better in certain positions, but more or less equal. I don't think Navy has that many injuries either. They had three weeks off. They're ready to go. Army had two weeks off or one week off. Navy had two weeks off. Um, and, and, you know, they'll be ready to go. It, it really, truly comes down to execution and strategy. That's it. And, well, I and, was thinking know, about last oh, – go ahead. No, that's it. And then you throw in the mistakes. You know, execute strategy and mistakes. Mistakes being fumbles, penalties, missed opportunities. You know, you know, uh, you know, missed field goals or something like that. Missed extra points. We've missed a couple of extra points in the last few weeks. Can't happen on on Saturday. Can't happen. These no, games no. Yeah. So I'm I'm sorry, Andrew. I really would like to post your comment. I'm going to read it. Um, having some technical difficulties over here, internet issues. But Andrew S says. He did some homework for me. I appreciate that. In the past 10 years, the team with the most rushing yards has won eight times. The exceptions are the 2012 Navy win and the 2017 Army win. Um, the 17 Army win is the snow game, right? Is Or is that not the snow game? It's 2017 Army win. I think it I'm was. Trying to, I, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was. Army was wearing white. Uh, I'll look. Army is wearing white, which means yeah. they're the that means they're the visiting team, right? Oh no! Go oh, ahead, try to figure this out while I look it up real quick. Uh, Army's the visiting I should team know this. Odd... It's been a long day. Yeah, Army's the visiting team in odd years. They're the home team this year. Yeah, that was the snow game. The snow game was twenty seventeen. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, and honestly, that was a game <laughs> where Navy, where Navy. Played a little bit better than Army, and Army was able to hold them off. And, you know that great tackle by John Voigt or slowing down Malcolm Perry, and not the defense not giving up a touchdown. There was a huge play in that game. So that 2017 game was um, was very yeah. So that was a game where Navy outrushed Army, but Army won the game. Um, real quick, I'm going to look up um, the the 2012 game real fast. You know, I was at these games, Seth, and I, I you know, you know just uh, I guess I. I lot going on in my life where I'm trying to remember what the 20 if I'm remembering what the 2012 game is let me see that's a 17 that's a 17 13 game um that navy won that um navy won and is it that that was a fumble at the end was it I, I it might have been it might have been that's what I'm looking up right now um Steelman's fumble was that 2012? I don't think. Yeah, so. that, I think it's, that is 20, that is 2012. Yeah, that is the 2012 game. So that was our game yeah, to I win. Yeah, let's be honest, dude. I have stories. 
I have stories to tell about that game. Maybe maybe I'll put it in the book down the road, or who knows? Maybe I'll do a podcast on it. I don't know. That was a, that was an interesting game at the end of the game too. After it was a very short press conference after that game, and then um, had some time alone with Rich Ellerson. I did, and uh, man, yeah, that's all I'll say about that for now. So, uh, uh, I'd love yeah, to- it was definitely love to hear. Definitely eye-opening, just some of the, yeah, some of the things well, he had to say. Of course, you know, go ahead. No, we're going to have two hours to drive down together on uh, Saturday, so maybe you'll tell me. Oh, boy. Maybe if you're lucky, if you're lucky. You know, I want to – that drive, I love that drive going through. I have a shortcut that I go through uh, Jer- New Jersey, like Flemington, and into uh, like um, Pennsylvania, get into Pennsylvania through uh, like the Trenton area go that way because you know what there's a chick-fil-a way Seth. and so we, we may be making a stop at chick-fil-a before the game we'll we'll see how the timing is and all that kind of stuff um yeah so um oh go ahead no i said i love chick-fil-a that's all yeah i think that um pretty much touched on a lot i thought there was a couple other things i want to talk about um yeah, I had some things in my mind that I wanted to talk about. Um, special teams, special teams that you know, the kicking uh, has to be right in this game. I mean, we'll see if Army can get Navy into some punting situations where they can go after the punter. I mean, you know, the UConn game they were successful in their first punt block of the season. I mean, they've been close on a bunch of them this year. They've been close on a bunch of punts, getting a bunch of punts this year. So we'll see if um, Sean Saturnio can uh, devise something if Army can force if and when army can force the navy into a punting situation um man i'm just so impressed with um navy's run defense right i mean that's it, it's pretty impressive what they did last year against army and um you know of course they were the leader of their defense there was the diego fugo i think it's still with the ravens um and this year i mean john marshall's been a really good player for them um very versatile player. He had four sacks in that win. You know, you know, over, um, Sal, um, I, I just want to make. So go ahead. I was just going to say, I'm, I'm looking at the Navy first. schedule this year. Um, and there's, there's a couple of disappointing games. They lost to Delaware, which is a good team. You know, good uh, uh, FBS team, but he lost 14 7. Uh, they got clobbered by Memphis. They beat East Carolina, lost by three to Air Force, just like we did. Um, Tulsa, they clobbered. SMU, they lost by six. Houston, they got, who was supposed to be good, turned out to be not that good. Temple, a disappointing team, they beat in overtime. Uh, Notre Dame, they lost by three points. Granted, they came all the way back. They were getting beat, they were getting beat pretty badly, and they made it yeah. close. Uh, and then, of course, the Houston where they won by three. I thought they won by more than that. Um, you know, this Navy team is, you know, it's, they're only a couple of, either way, they could have been, you know, a, a better team or, you know, they lose the Temple game and they, they lost East, they beat East Carolina. They won two games in overtime. So they could have been as easily be two and nine going into this game. Uh, or they could actually, you know, won a couple of these other games. Um, so, you know, we don't know what we're going to get here from the Navy team. Um, I, my hope is that, uh, like I said before, that the talent is pretty much equal and the coaching is equal. And, you know, it comes down to the execution and the, and the errors and the penalties and stuff like that. And hopefully we have fewer of those. 
Um, it's going to be an interesting game. It's going to be it, it, it's it's going to say a lot about the directions of these programs. Um, uh, if one team can beat the other team significantly, it's going to say a lot, um, in my opinion. But right now, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, let's see what happens. Yeah, it's, uh, it's it would be unexpected if this game was a blowout, you know, right? I mean, with the game, how tight the games have been in the last couple of years. Bay Knight has that Navy's worst and best losses of the year, according to Bay Knight 20, is Delaware is um, – Delaware would be probably their worst loss of the year. They should have been an easy win. And Notre Dame should have been a blowout, but things were di- but things were different. Yeah, Na- Navy's the last six quarters that Navy's played a football have been pretty impressive. So I mean, right? If you get that Navy team, Army's up against it. Army is up against it and needs to. You know, they say all the time you have to play perfect football if you want to win at West Point. Um, well, I mean, you're gonna have to be on. Uh, um, you're gonna have to be no. No pun. You have to be on point in this game if you get that Navy team, which I'm assuming you're going to get a pretty good version of Navy, considering you know, like I said, they 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 won last year, right? They know a lot of these kids, uh, a lot of these players on Navy know the feeling of singing second. Um, they were a younger team last year, so they have a, they have a decent amount of people back from last year's team that experienced that win, that had played a decent role in that win. So, um. We'll, we'll see what happens in it. We'll see. Um, I think that who threw, who throws the first punch and who responds basically, you know, who, who goes on that extended drive, who makes the big stop on a third down and short, who, who, who's got enough, um, you know, who, who runs strong enough to pick up that first down on, on, on a fourth and fourth. Cause you know, there's going to be those type of plays in this game, right? You know, there's yep, going to be that, those type uh, absolutely. of plays. Uh, that's why you play the game. Yep, and um, that's man, why you I'm, play the I'm game. looking forward. To, I was trying to do the math here, and I, I mean, again, lots going on. No excuse. I think this could be my 17th Army Navy game. I think it could be. Um, there were a couple of years where I wasn't the main guy that I got to do sidebars on the game, and then from t- 2007 to 2018, I was at every one. I think 19 and 21 I was there too. So, I mean, it's been, yeah. So I've seen, I've seen a lot of these games. I, you know, lately we know what these games are about and I, I want to bring this up real quick because I think sometimes it might get, that doesn't get lost, but it's not, it's a storyline, but uh, the respect the teams have, right. Um, the co- the respect they, the coaches have for each other. Um and it goes down not just Coach Munkin and Coach Niamatololo. It goes to the, the coordinators. Brian Newberry said he has a lot of respect for what Army does. And Brent Davis was very um, – said a lot of good things about what Navy's do has done on defense this year. Um, a lot of respect factor. And I tell you, I think mostly in a lot of years that I've covered this game, win, lose, or draw. And I think it's might have been during the Army losses when I've seen this. Ivan Jasper – um, has gone up, to, has found an army player at the end of the game and has, you know, has met an army player at the end of the game. And um, I'm not saying consoled an army player, but I said, hey, you know, way to fight hard, hard stuff. And, and you don't see that a lot 
in rivalry games, right? You don't see a lot of these the coaches from the opposite side, you know, seeking out a player from the other team and saying, hey, you played a heck of a game, you know, you gave us all you got and all the best in whatever you, what you're doing um, once you graduate and that kind of stuff. Um, I, I saw that for him with Kel Walker um, during, I, during uh, when Kel Walker played. Um, I think that was 2019. I think the 2019 game. Um, and it's just the res- there's a lot of respect for both of these teams, and um, I think that's what makes this th- this game. No, I, I I agree. Special. I, I think I, it's, it's not. This is not Army Air Force. This is not Navy Air Force. This game. Not. And the Army Air Force, uh, the respect factor is, you know, they want to be, beat each other pretty bad in those games. And, of course, Army wants to beat Navy pretty bad. Navy wants to beat Army pretty bad. But when it's said and done and when the alma mater, when the last whistle is blown or maybe when the alma maters are over and you find people who – players from Army, players from Navy who had connections. I know there's um, an Army punter that has a connection to um, a Navy who was his high, uh, high school teammate in um, in Tennessee, I believe. There's there's connections all over the place in this game. Um, guys that have been – heck, Jeff Munkin, he doesn't like to say it a lot, but he was a Navy assistant. He was a Navy assistant with Kennedy Matalo under Paul Johnson, you know. I mean, that's uh, years removed, but uh, there's people still that he probably bumps into that – that have been at Navy forever, you know? So, um, yeah, I mean, the respect well, factor let, is there. And um, let me, let me conclude with this. There is no other sporting event in America on an annual basis that draws such a high percentage of powerful people from the president of the United States. Donald Trump used to go to the game. I don't know whether president Biden's coming to the game or not. Um, I, I don't know if he is, but obviously probably, the Secretary, not. probably not. Yeah, Secretary of Defense, Secretary of the Army, Secretary of Navy, uh, top generals. There is no other game, no other sporting event. Big time brass. Uh, yeah, um, maybe with the exception of the Super Bowl, uh, that that attracts such powerful people. Um, there is no other sporting event that attracts such a large percentage of the population that is interested either in one or the other team because of, you know, their affiliation with the military, you know, father, mother, maybe they, they were in the service. Um, and just the, the public and the, the overall public, the people who have nothing to do with West Point or Annapolis um, have um, for some reason, pay attention to this game. And, you know, it, it, it just, it, it's, that's the beauty of Army Navy. Of uh, impact with Army Air Force and Navy Air Force, but we don't. The Air Force is a newer team. And they're not, you know, it's, they're all the way out west in Colorado. And we're here, you know, in New York and in Maryland. Um, uh, and this, you know, the tradition and all the other stuff. But the fact that the game is played, you know, traditionally, and I know it's going to change next year, traditionally halfway between the two schools uh, with some exceptions that makes such a difference. You got guys, you know, coming down from New York and they have guys coming up from DC um, and they all want to be there. And it's a big deal. And I have friends, friends in the military uh, who were in the military no more. um, And they won't miss this game. You know, they, they show up on Thursday and I guess, I guess there's a hotel that's the army hotel and the hotel and they go there and they have a great time. They renew old acquaintances on both sides. 
and then the game starts and they hate each other. And then 10 minutes after the game ends, they sit there and say, oh, well, the loser says, oh, well, and the winner says, yes, we won. And they move on to and worry about next year. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they it's, start... it's, it's a great experience. How, uh, great experience. How, many, how, many, how many college football rivalries have a gala the night before where all those guys that you're talking about, the high-ranking, you know, officers or you know people the past people um of, of, of significance meet and just you know they have an army navy gala you know and and um you know i want i want to just i mentioned um an army player that has a connection to um a navy player and i want to i just want to give a shout out i want to give a mention to cooper allen he's a freshman punter for uh army and his uh teammate in uh in uh, high school was Jackson Campbell, who's who's also um, is a Navy player. So I just wanted to get those names out there. I mean, I'm sure I want to go through the rosters, and I'm sure there's a handful of other guys who have either played together or played against each other um, at the high school level now, or playing against each other in college and one in, in the best rivalry in college football. You know, you see those polls out on social media a lot. Um, yeah. Um, you see, you see a lot of um, those polls about what the best college rivalry is and uh, college football rivalry is, and you'll see what um, Ohio State, Michigan mentioned in there. And um, I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry, it's not Ohio State, Michigan. It's uh, it's Army and Navy, no doubt. If you if you've been to an Army Navy game and experienced an Army Navy game, which I am so honored and blessed to have all these years. It's something that you'll talk about. You know, I was thinking about this, Seth. There, these games, right? Because we've had on guests on these on this podcast, former Army players, and they, these former Army players have played games. You know, we've had them back to, into the '60s, and they still remember like specific plays in the Army Navy game. Fans still remember specific plays in the Army Navy game. Going I'm back. Wondering. You're probably one of them. You 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 probably remember plays going back 30, 40 years in the Army Navy game. You could probably point out a turn a turning point in the nineteen eighty two Army Navy game, probably. You know, so I mean th that's how that's how important this game is to so many people, and that's what a, a college football rivalry, the best college football rivalry, is all about. I mean. There's so many. You got people. You got people that are serving right now, watching this game overseas. You know, you got. There's so many connections to this game, and um, man, it's it's going to be really fun to cover on Saturday. I'm looking forward to one more thing. You have to mention too is a lot of these kids were recruited by the other school. You know, uh, they're sure. being recruited by by all three schools, and they have to choose if they decide to go uh, service academy. They choose one over the other. And so there's a little bit of, um, you know, what if and stuff like that going on or or the coach is saying, I almost had that kid. He went to the other school. So, you know, not only do they know each other, uh, they live the sim they live similar lives when they're when they're in college when they're at the academies. Um, and, you know, and they've been talking for since last December. Army's been talking about getting revenge and Navy's been talking about holding on. And, you know, it's the most important game. Um, it's always the most important. I got to tell you, I, I remember uh, I've been to a number of the games myself, too. I've probably been to about 20 games over the years, maybe even more than that. But one game I did not attend. I was working as a newspaper reporter and I could not cover the game. I could not go to the game because I was working. But I, 
I had the opportunity to watch the Army-Navy game of 1981, which ended in a 3-3 tie. And Navy was um, was 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 a big favorite. Uh, I don't remember their record, but they were a big favorite over Army. And the game was played at night back then. That was one of the first night games. Um, or maybe, you know, it was, it was after dark. It might have been night game. I started at 4 or 5 o'clock, but it was night. And uh, similar to this, what this game's going to be. And uh, Army held them to a 3-3 tie, almost like, you know, the famous Harvard Beach Yale 29-29. Army, you know, came out of nowhere and held their own. And I'm sitting in a bar waiting for my event to start. Um, and I wouldn't leave until the game ended. And there must have been... 200 people in a bar that could probably hold 50 watching this game. Okay. Now, granted, this was yeah. in you know New York, the New York area. A lot of people, you know, uh, live near the, and, and there's a lot of army fans, some Navy fans, but I got to tell you, the feeling there was unbelievable. It was just like, nobody could take their eyes off the game. And these are two teams that are going nowhere. Army had a losing record. I think Navy was pretty good that year, but you know, I don't, they won't go in anywhere. They won't win national championships, but everybody was watching this game. And that's what this game's all about. And you're yeah. going to see 6,000 people at that stadium. And, you know, everybody's rooting for I took my two boys to the Army-Navy game last year at the Meadowlands. And one of them sat with me, one, one sat a few sections away. And after the game, all they could say, you know, they said it was a you know, good game. It wasn't the best college football they ever played. They're both college football nuts. Uh, but it was a good, exciting game. Uh, and they said to me, the pageantry of this event really shook both of them. And they were so, like, impressed with everything. That's the way, you know, you know the, the way they sing the national anthem, the way that, they, they, you know, they root, for, they root for their teams. It's, it's unlike any experience I've ever had when it comes to a sporting event. And it's, I guess, keep saying it's, it's Army, next level. It's Army-Navy football. And it's, yes. I, I, I can't wait. Now I can't wait for Chick-fil-A with you. And, uh, well, we'll see. We'll see. That's not a guarantee. Hey, um, real quick in that 81 game, Army, uh, Navy finished seven, three, and one. Army was three, seven, and one. So they were, they had the opposite records in that game. Um, really quick, we want to give a shout out to William De, De Los Santos, who is what, who is watching us or is watching us right now. He said the 2012 Army Navy game, Army wore those Battle of the Bulge, uh, Battle of the Bulge uh, uniforms, if you remember. Those were pretty neat uniforms. Those, those were the Navy, uh, the, the Nike, um, when Nike, I think it, those were way before, um, four years before the 2016, when they used to uh, base them instead of on battles, so to speak, on units, right? They started the unit um, uniforms in 2016, I believe. Um, William De Los, De Los Santos is still with us. He says, last year was tough. Multiple delay of games not called, and Diego Fago's terrible face mask no call on Army's last play nearly took Anderson's head off. Yeah, there were a lot of things in that game. Uh, that was a game. Remember uh, the play that I remember the most last year was well, one of the plays I remember the most is when um, Anthony Atkins had that run. And Diego Fago was holding on to his ankle, which seemed like for seven or eight seconds after the tackle and wasn't letting go. And I think Atkins was, uh, he was um, battling an ankle injury that season. And it was just like, man, I mean, I guess do what you have to do, right, to win. But it's just uh, not something that really sat well. I remember Steve Anderson and I talking about that play um, after the game. 
I didn't really factor into the, the final score too much, but I mean, yeah. Um, uh, William De Los Santos also saying, um, getting the NASA team, not the Navy team. Well, he's right I guess about that's, a, that's a, <laughs> yeah, that's a shout out to the Navy uniforms, right? This year. So, um, yeah, I think you, you, we know, uh, heading into this game, I think I said this, um, on our last podcast, or I said it to somebody I was talking to. Army, we know Army's going to win the march on, right? We know Army's going to win the march on. We know Army's going to win the the uniform battle. They, they, they it looks like they won the uniform battle. Now let's see if they can, they can win the game, right? Yeah. Let's see if they can win this game. So um, it's going to be fun. Um, we're going to have coverage for you. We plan on getting to the stadium early on Saturday. Um, hopefully, uh, definitely going to have. Hopefully some uh, you know, pregame videos, uh, march on. We're going to have a couple photographers there. We're hope uh, It looks like we're going to have Margaret Kite and Lynn Fern there for Black Knight Nation uh, taking photos and hopefully some video for us. Um, we're going to have wall-to-wall coverage. I said this um, on uh, the Yards and Stripes podcast earlier today. When we're at a game, when we're present, when we're covering a game live on Black Knight Nation, I want to give our fans, uh, the Army fans, and the people that follow us on Black Knight Nation, the best possible experience that they can have. So please check out if you if you if you could follow the Black Knight Nation um, Twitter account. It's BK Knight Nation, and you can follow my account at Sal Internet on Twitter. Uh, we'll have plenty of pregame stuff to get if you can't attend the game. You want to, you're going to want to be on those accounts. Our Instagram account, black underscore night underscore nation. You go to our Instagram account. We're going to have stuff there. We're going to have plenty of photos. We're going to have plenty of videos. I'm hoping to bump into a few grads at tailgates. Maybe we'll do a quick, you know, live video with a, with a, with a grad and just talk about the game. Uh, hopefully we can do stuff like that at the game. I want to give army says army football fans are so dedicated and, have such a passion for their team. I want to give them the best experience here when we're at games, and hopefully we can do that on Saturday. And you're going to have the game story coverage. I'm going to do. I'm going to be at the post game. We're going to we're going to post the post game uh, videos right away. Who knows? Maybe we'll get. Um, if Army ha- if Army's on the winning side, who knows? Maybe we'll get an interview, a one on one interview with a player. Who hopefully we can do that. And uh, man, something that you know. This is the bowl game. We haven't talked about this, but this is the bowl game for both teams, right? This is their bowl game. They're not playing in the postseason, and they're not playing, in, you know, after this game. For a lot of these players, this is their last football game. For some like Andre Carter, who will get a chance at the next level, um, I'm sure Andre Carter wants to do everything he can possible in this game to send out his senior, his fellow seniors um, with a win. You know, I'm sure that, you know, Marquell Broughton, who we haven't mentioned a lot, tonight i'm sure he wants to do he's a two-year captain i'm sure he wants to go out um over navy and i talked about this on the um again i'm 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 plugging this um yards and stripes podcast so um check that out soon i'll retweet it on my twitter once they uh post the uh the podcast um i think when you have a guy like mark well brought and then when you have a guy like connor bishop who hold high positions in the corps cadets Right, one's a regimental commander. One is a Connor Bishop is very high up in the Corps Cadets. This game means a lot to only um, the the Army football team. This means a lot to the Corps Cadets, and 
that's their leaders out on the field. That's the core cadets leaders out on the field on offense. That's one of the leaders of the core cadets, one of the high ranking guys in the core cadets on the field on defense. That's one of four regimental commanders in the core cadets on the field. This game, I think to me, me just covering this game for so long, Army's had, um, I believe they had a first captain on their team uh, in the past that was a football player in the last 10 or 15 years. But, I mean, to have a football captain like Marquell and to have a guy who also has a high-ranking position in the court, uh, in the core, this game means a lot to the football team. This means a lot to the core. I was listening to Jeff Munkin's radio show today while I was at work, and there was a cadet that was asking Munkin a question on the radio show that was fired up already on a Wednesday about this game. So, I mean, this is what it's all about, Army-Navy, the best college football rivalry. And, uh, man, I I think it's going to be good theater on Saturday, Seth, and we're going to have the coverage. And, like I said, guys, thanks so much for joining us tonight. We kind of uh, put this together um, on the fly. But we want to give you guys a chance to – listen to our thoughts. We want to get your comments in and we appreciate everybody that's been watching tonight. And like I said, um, uh, hopefully we're going to have tomorrow um, and it, well today, this, this morning, we're going to have Rolly Stitchway on our podcast and uh, look out for that. I'll be posting um, the link to that shortly. So Seth, um, look forward to uh, covering the game with you on Saturday. And uh, for now we'll sign off on uh, out. I'm going to have a story um, pretty soon on that, on the offense, Army's offense, and hopefully uh, definitely have a prediction time uh, story too and maybe a couple other stories. Thanks a lot for your support. We appreciate to uh, giving you the best coverage that we possibly can on Saturday. Seth, thanks a lot. Late night podcasting, nothing better. Yeah, good night. I'm going to bed. <laughs>